from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, email edition for May 28th, 2009, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi, Teresa Eccles, and Walter Eccles are back in the peanut gallery this week. It's uh, been a couple of weeks since we've done an email show, so we've got a lot a lot of emails and voicemails backed up that we need to get to. I've got a, quite a few vo- uh, voicemails this week. Uh, apparently, all the voicemails that are coming in lately are coming in from England or Australia or Ireland. It's because you threatened them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that number away from you. All of a sudden, they start calling, which is great. I love, I love it. So I think virtually everybody, all the voicemails we're playing this week are from overseas. Um, just to go through the usual spiel, if you'd like to send us an email, the address is podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can go to our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and fill out the feedback form that's on the page there. If you would like to give us a call, toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1-877-310-9662, the local number 407-574-5093. In the United Kingdom, toll-free 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, one eight hundred seven seven four five three one. And if we do play your email, uh, play your voicemail, or read your email on the show, you will receive either a disunplugged T-shirt or a pin and lanyard, and you'll be entered into our monthly drawing for a shot at the prize matron. Yay! So, do we have any? Pri- we, we, do we have any prizes to give away? Not right now. Okay. I have to pick a winner for April and May. <laughs> and we yeah. do have some uh, reviews that we need to start go- to go through and give a random prize. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. We got to give some. That's right. We're giving away. If you, re- I give- thank you for reminding me because I forgot to mention that on the show, uh, the last show. If uh, our reviews area reviews dot com, uh, we have a link to that on the show notes page. We're selecting three names at random each month from people who have entered in reviews, and those people are getting a shot at the prize matron. So we'll do that next week. I'll make sure I pick three uh, this week, and we'll give those away next week. And It'll be the week of prizes, because we'll have our April and May random email person. Cool. Did we ever tell anybody how they could win the podcast cruise bag? No, we haven't uh, decided. I, we said we'd I'd think about how I wanted to give that oh, away. okay. He's just like, oh, He's having a away? senior moment. He really <laughs> wants to give away those podcast cruise bags. All that great stuff, bags. All that stuff is in my dining room. <laughs> <laughs> we will figure out something with that. But, uh, all right, our first voicemail this week comes to us from Annette in Bedfordshire in the U.K. with a question about Pop Century. So here is Annette. Hi there. Um, hi there, Pete, John, Corey, Julie, Ferris, Kathy, uh, Tweezer, Kevin. I don't think I've missed anybody. Tweezer. I hope I haven't. And the big listeners. Um, I'm calling you from Bedfordshire in the United Kingdom. And I just wanted to say, uh, feedback first of all, I just want to say what a wonderful, talented, artistic, gifted bunch of people you are. Um, You constantly make me laugh. I can't wait for every episode of The Diz Unplugged. I wait patiently by my iPod, wishing for the next episode to be there. Question for you. I just wondered, um, we're coming over 
across the pond on August this year. And I was just wondering, we're staying at Pop Century. I know you, you know you can request, but they can't guarantee. But which which would you guys say is the best place, um, which building to stay in Pop Century, so that you're close to the amenities? Um, anyway, that's it. It's Disney One Eight Six Zero on the boards. Although I don't post very much. The last time I spoke to you guys was when I sent Julie um, and Corey something about Old Town, that big, massive high ride where they duel together in like a sleeping bag and free fall. And the next thing, I was so chuffed to receive a T-shirt in the mail. Anyway, thank you so much for the wonderful work you do. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to hear the next show. Bye. Have a lovely day now. Bye. I want to be chuffed. <laughs> it usually happens on those hot days doesn't it? it's chaffed you know these people who leave their phone numbers which I know we don't play them on air I think that one day we should randomly call someone I think that, that would be would hilarious be funny. <laughs> from the show he's calling them start making random obscene phone calls to <laughs> listeners um, well to answer your question Annette um, I'm looking at a map uh, we have them on the uh, on the des I'll put a link to it on the show notes page uh, Classic Hall is where uh, most of the amenities, the food court, all that good stuff are, are located. Um, and uh, in the 50s building, the 1100 to 1400 block of rooms seems to be the one that is absolutely closest. I think that's where Bob was when he did the review of Pop Century. He was in, in, that, in that building. Um, I think the next choice would be in the 70s building, the... 101 to 472 block of rooms is the next closest. They seem to be actually about equidistant between that and the 50s. So those would be my, my two recommendations for what's what's closest. Uh, but we'll include a link on the show notes page to the resort map that will show you where these buildings are located so you know uh, what to request. Um, because the 50s buildings and the 70s buildings, actually, you know, you could end up a lot further out. So yeah, you definitely want to put that request on your uh, on your on your reservation that uh, you want to be as close to Classic Hall as possible. Now, what you can do is you can pay for what they call a preferred room. I don't. Do they refer to it as preferred view, mm-hmm. Kathy? Which always cracks me up. Yeah, it's preferred view. You can pay a little bit more. It's called the preferred view room, and those are closer to, uh, like she said, the main building and the amenities. Again. That's a little tricky, too, because Bob was in a preferred view room, but he was originally on the far side of the building away from, I think, even on, like, the second floor or something. So even that's not a guarantee that you're going to be within steps of the main building. I would say, though, I've spent considerable time lately over at the Value Resorts. There's so much to see. So it's not like if you said it was a certain distance that you're like, oh, I've got to walk this far. There's always something to look at. I mean, and I realize that, you know, you're going to be tired after you've been in the park all day, but they make walking fun, I think, at the resorts. There's always something to look at. On the poll we did um, on Facebook, Pop Century won by Flying Colors for Best Value Resort. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, the other ones had no chance. I don't know. I'm never ever been a fan of pop. That cracks me up though, is because I think from a Dreams Unlimited standpoint, we always get all star movies. Yeah, that's our biggest request of the value resorts. So. And I think the best building to stay in is Wilderness Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> You want a proximity to your living room is what you want. <laughs> I want a proximity to the Diet Coke machine. <laughs> oh, I have Diet Coke in the fridge, by the way, for you guys. Oh. Really? Yeah. Thank you. When you I said I got it. No, I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. Where's our girl Friday? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a look at, actually, on the reviews uh, section, uh, the reviews we have for... The different all-stars. Uh, all-star movies is the most popular versus uh, music and sports. Sports is the least popular. And then uh, let's see what Pop Century looks like. That's weird because I was over there yesterday. And all-star sports was the busiest. Then it's music second. And then movies look like a ghost town. Out of 204 votes, uh, Pop Century had 141 at 69%. All-Star Movies, 36 votes at 18%. Sports, 16 votes with 8%. And then music last. Well, that's interesting because I'm looking at the uh, the reviews, reviews.wwinfo.com. And uh, All-Star Movies uh, rates an 8.1. All-Star Music, a 7.4. Uh, All-Star Sports, a 6.7, hmm. and Pop Century, a 7.96. So it really is uh, uh, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. a neck and neck between All-Star Movies and Pop Century. Do you remember back before Pop Century opened, all the, the people that were upset about the theming of Pop Century and that they would never stay there? Do you yeah. remember that? I was one and of now, them. <laughs> yeah, and now everybody's, oh, wow, Pop Century. I just I, when Bob stayed there and I went into that room, all I could think of is it looked like one of the typical Holiday Inn, Highway 192 type rooms you would expect to find, except the price was a lot higher. I just I really was disappointed with the whole look and feel of the rooms and the amenities and the resort itself. Just did not. Did not and does not appeal to me. I well, like value the- resorts usually don't have a lot of amenities besides the pools mm. and stuff like that. Even the landscaping. I mean, you go look at the landscaping in a value resort and you jump to the yeah, Polynesian. Yeah, but you got to think that there are nights you're you're staying there. You're paying one twenty nine, one thirty nine. Not even nights. I mean, look at this last week of these storms that came through. You're stuck in your room, yep, yeah. or you're stuck at that resort. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything against people who like pop century at all I, i'm just this is my personal preference i'm just not a pop century kind of guy what building did he stay in he was in that 50s building well that's the 1850s building <laughs> it's like that scene from a european vacation big bowling pin oversized walkman big bowling pin oversized yeah. walkman. <laughs> right exactly um yeah i i don't i, I don't think that's on it's getting dark. In here. It's I was getting, just going to say the storm is coming. Yeah, we want to turn this light on too because I'm having trouble seeing. Actually, yeah, there we go. All right, Annette. I hope that uh, that answers your question. Thank you very much for calling in. We have another voicemail. This one from Tim in Wellington, New Zealand, I was actually calling from Sydney, but uh, just had some comments for us after a couple of weeks ago. I guess we were kind of ragging on people who come to Disney World without a plan. And I guess he's one of those people. So here is Tim from New Zealand. 
Uh, hi guys, uh, my name's Tim, uh, I'm from Wellington, uh, New Zealand, though I'm actually calling uh, out of Sydney, Australia at the moment. Um, I was foolish enough to marry an Australian bird. Uh, she's alright, but <coughs> the rest of this place is terrible. <laughs> he paints with a broad brush. <laughs> and I'm sure your wife just loves knowing that she's all right. Such a romantic. I was listening to one of your shows recently uh, where you uh, were laying into people who uh, perhaps hadn't the, uh, the experience or, or the knowledge to actually plan their trip uh, when they come to Walt Disney World uh, that is to just turn up uh, and expect that everything is going to be fantastic. Um, as one of, uh, well, I'm not one of those people now, but certainly as someone who uh, who wouldn't otherwise have known uh, that that's what you needed to uh, to do, um, you know, I, I beg you to please just go easy on those people. Uh, my wife and I were at uh, Tokyo Disney uh, last year, and, and certainly being a, a smaller park, um, there was absolutely no requirement for us to, to do any kind of uh, uh, pre-organising or tour planning or anything like that. I did have uh, a question, though, and that is uh, we're, we're sort of tossing up the uh, pros and cons of staying uh, on-site uh, or staying off-site, uh, and one of the uh, factors would, would be paying for parking if we were staying off-site. Um, just wanting to know whether you need to uh, pay for parking per day or whether you pay for parking each time you change parking lot. For example, if we wanted to go back to whatever hotel or resort we were at uh, for an afternoon nap, uh, would we need to then pay to get back into the park? Anyways, thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate it and uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing uh, your response. Take it easy. Well, thank you very much, Tim, for calling in. And uh, I just want to clarify, we were not ripping into people who don't plan. We're ripping into people who don't plan and show up and expect to walk on all the rides right. and show up during spring break or during the summer months. Or get mad that they can't eat in a restaurant. Yeah, and these are people that are saying to Disney, you owe me something because the line for Soren was two hours long, you know, on, you know a fr uh, on a Saturday during spring break. Well, that's what's going to happen. Uh, to answer your question, no, you do not need to pay for parking each time you go into a parking lot. Uh, once you pay parking for the day, that's it for the day. Um, you can go anywhere to any of the theme parks. Uh, and uh, I believe that also includes the resorts, right? You don't pay for parking at the resorts. No, unless you're going to valet. <coughs> um, you don't pay for parking at the resorts. So, yeah, well, I only ever valet, so I didn't even know. La di da. <laughs> <laughs> That's too far to walk. Um, so yeah, you you just uh, you just pay the one time, and let's say you pay at Animal Kingdom, that parking pass is good all day. If you go to Magic Kingdom, Epcot, MG, uh, D Disney Hollywood Studios, excuse me, so you don't have to worry about that. And uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you didn't really ask this, but in terms of considering on-site versus off-site. Uh, that's really going to depend, too, on how many days you're staying. And especially for you guys coming from Australia and New Zealand, taking a look at that exchange rate right now, you're losing about $0.28 cents on the dollar. So, you know, a U.S. dollar 
uh, is you know cost you a dollar twenty eight. So that I think for me anyway would be a big consideration. I know you know every time I've thought about going to the the UK and looked at the exchange rate in the last few years, that's what's really kept me from doing anything because you know there were times where it was you know a dollar fifty US to the to the British pound, and it's like it's crazy. So it's uh, that's a, a, a real consideration, and you can get some really really good. Uh, deals off-site, you know, even if, we, you know, uh, the Swan Dolphin, um, you're on-site, and I'm not, you know, I'm not really shilling for them here, I mean, we do have a financial relationship with them, so I'll state that up front, but, uh, you know, you're talking about you can get a room with the Swan Dolphin for 149 169 depending on when you want to travel, and you're on-site, you have access to all the Disney transportation but you're not paying the 300 plus a night you'd be paying at the boardwalk, the yacht club, or the beach club. But at the Swan Dolphin, you do pay per night to park. If you want to, if you want to have a car, yes. Something else to consider, too, is take a look at how long you're going to be here. Take a look at how many days you're going to be in the park. And consider an annual pass if you stay off-site. Not only could you possibly save money, at, at some point the annual pass becomes a better value than, say, a 10-day ticket. Plus, yeah, I think that's what we figured out. If you're going to stay more than ten or eleven with days with park hopping and all that, with good park stuff. hopping, yeah, then consider also twelve dollars a day to park. You're, you get your parking with an annual pass, so factor that into your savings. So that's something to consider too. If you take the offsite price of of not staying on Disney property, do an annual pass, possibly other savings on meals and things like that. You also might be able to get an annual pass holder rate with an annual pass. That's true too. And not everybody yeah, in your exactly. party needs an annual pass. so Just you, one person has to have it. Right. And I would say look at your budget because I know back when we first started coming, it was like, what can we afford to do? And it was either we can afford this or we don't go. So, you know, off-site hotels, there's a lot of really nice ones. And maybe you don't care that there's big bowling pins or, you know, what the landscaping's like. If you're just looking for a place to sleep at night, there's many nice off-site Hotels. Well, I mean, there are many offsite hotels that even go beyond that. I mean, right. you know, you take a look at a Sheridan Vistana um, or Gaylord Gaylord Palms. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, these are experiences. These these resorts. So, I mean, it's uh, there are some nice places in the area. There are options, uh, and so you know, it really depends. It depends on how long you're staying, where your budget is, and. Uh, but there are there are a lot of ways to do off-site, do it successfully, and have a great vacation. I would say, too, look at the transportation options mm-hmm. because some of the off-site ones, they, they pick you up in the morning and they bring you back at night. There's yeah. not like a continuous type yeah. of a thing. If you've got a car and you want to stay off-site, that's like the best of all possible I recommend worlds. that to anybody who stays off-site. Yeah, I, yeah, the, very few, with the exception maybe of the downtown Disney properties, very few of the off-site hotels really have what I would consider to be robust transportation right. options to the parks. There's also too much there are too many perks to staying off site to not have a car. Yeah. I mean you can go to Publix, you know, you just it's you just can go to some of the local restaurants so it can be a little less expensive than dining on Disney right. property. We find that uh, a lot of our overseas visitors they'll do more around Disney. So when they come on right. vacation they stay longer and they do other stuff. So consider an off-site property an off-site hotel that might be central to what you want to do you might want to go to the beach for a day yeah so something to think about well i hope that helps you tim thank you very much for calling in who has an email they would like to read i do 
Miss Julie. I couldn't Julie. jump in on the rapid fire. Um, <laughs> this is from Brian in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a question that maybe Kathy, Teresa, or Julie can help me with. I'm traveling to Walt Disney World the second week of June. We'll be there for 10 days. In the first five days, my wife will be at a convention, leaving me in the parks with my 9-year-old daughter and 5-year-old son. Being a male and having the two kids with me, I've come across some scenarios that I would like your input on. How do you handle simple situations such as using the restroom? Would you let your 9-year-old daughter go into the restroom by herself? What happens when myself or my son has to go? I'm not sure I'm comfortable leaving my daughter outside the restroom, but not really comfortable about bringing her in either. What about rides that only have room for two, such as Haunted Mansion? You can fit three in that car. Oh, Corey yeah. and I do it all the time. Absolutely. Taylor. <laughs> Especially a five-year-old. He can't be that big, right? You could sit on him. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I know these are probably stupid questions. No question is stupid. But I was wondering how many others have had... Some come closer than others. (laughs) ...handled these situations. Thanks for all you do. Um, I'm just going to say, you know, if she has to go to the restroom, being nine years old, like Teresa said earlier, I think she could go by herself. Just Mm -hmm. wait outside the restroom for her. Um, If your son has to go and you don't, you could all go into the family restroom and let him go, and that solves that problem. But as far as going in with dad and son... I can understand, you know, not wanting to bring her into the men's restroom, maybe not wanting to go into the family restroom. Teresa? I don't know. I, 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 wouldn't, don't I would not want my nine-year-old daughter in there when my husband's going to the bathroom now. I know. But then again, like, see, I just not, not, not going to happen. And is she, like, I is, mean, your, is your nine-year-old trustworthy? Could you tell her, sit right here, don't move. Right, stand and outside stay the door. until we come back. Yeah. I used to let my nine-year-old son go into the, the men's room by himself, and we would wait outside for him. And if there was, like, it took a little bit longer for whatever reason, you know, I would, like, yell in and say I would do that okay? with Max. Are you okay, Max? Max, yeah. talk to me the whole time you're going I can't outside. tell you how many times I've come out of a men's room, and you'll see a woman standing there, and she'll say, "Is my? can you just look in there and see if my son's okay? And you walk back around the corner, and you say... Adam, are you in here? Your mom's waiting for you. Yeah, I've done that before. Right. I've done that before. So it's basically, it's kind of I don't know, I got a thing. You know, I don't talk with. to anybody in bathroom, public bathrooms. <laughs> it's just like a thing. It's like, I'm sorry, no, I don't really care. Well, it's not like approaching Adam in the bathroom. You stand by the door and you scream. <laughs> I would feel safer leaving the nine-year-old girl outside by herself in a theme park, not so much downtown Disney. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you have this barrier at a theme park. It's a little tougher Plus to get out of there. In the restrooms in Disney, there's always that little alcove outside. Right, normally. Where, you know, you she could stand wait. right there. Yeah. Um, as far as rides, like the Honda Mansion, you can certainly put the three of you in the little ghost booth. And then I was thinking about Splash Mountain, which is one where you can't put three people in a, in a seat. You just tell the person, we're three. I need her to be on the same log. She exactly. might be in the seat in front of you or the seat behind you. And I'm sure being nine years old, she's going to be thrilled to be in her own seat. Right. Or even ride in her own flying ship on Peter Pan, you know? Getting back to the restrooms, the parks at Disney are also so family-friendly. I would just look for a mom with kids and say, are you waiting? Can my daughter wait with you for a second? You know, just don't tell her. You Work it out with her. Don't move from this spot. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be okay. I didn't mean to go back, but... yeah. Just use I, your best judgment. I mean, you know your children better than anybody. And I doubt there's a family, uh, there's a, a, a circumstance that Disney hasn't handled. You know? Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. Who else has an email they would like to read? I do. Kevin. 
Let me put my glasses back on. Uh, this is from Julie in Crestview, Florida. She is Mindon Disney on the boards. Hi, Pat, hi podcast team. Pancast. 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 I'm from Rochester. Blue Mans. <laughs> hi, podcast team. We're planning on being at Disney over Thanksgiving. Being a planner, I'm trying to gather ideas for Thanksgiving meal so that I'm ready for our 90-day ADR window. I am looking for a wonderful meal that also is extremely child-friendly. My husband is very easily embarrassed if our children make a lot of noise in a restaurant. We have three little children, five and under. So we are... We probably cannot go to somewhere that is stuffy or very quiet. I was thinking that Park Fair, that's not stuffy or quiet, might have a special menu that day. We will be on the dining plan, so what do you suggest? Thanks in advance for the great info you always provide on the show. Stay home. In my opinion... Here's my honest opinion on Thanksgiving dinner. My honest opinion is you have Thanksgiving the week before you get here. Make your turkey, make your stuffing, make all your stuff, and then make sure, pretend on Thanksgiving that you're just on vacation. John and I have found that we've tried to do this on several different occasions, and while there are places in the park that will offer Thanksgiving dinner, I've never found one that equaled Thanksgiving at home. I've always been disappointed in the holiday meal going into it. I have found the last couple of times, if I just went into it looking for a good meal, I did better than looking for that holiday feeling. And now we went to Citrico's, and the majority of people at Citrico's thought that Thanksgiving was okay. We had one person in our party who just didn't think it was okay at all. The other thing is, you're at Disney. And any Disney is made for kids and adults. So I don't think any place is going to be too stuffy to take your children. You know your children better than I do. If they're swinging from the chandeliers, that might be a problem. But I wouldn't worry about a noise level. Now, if you're looking for something like a character meal, Park Fair is going to be loud and boisterous. And it's a buffet. If that's what you're looking for on Thanksgiving, you might do fine. My feeling is just make an ADR at some place that sounds appealing to you and that will appeal to your family. And... Just be thankful you're at Disney and together and eat your turkey and stuffing someplace else. And it seems to be that Disney waits a really long time to release their like holiday menus. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can plan at 90 days that this restaurant's going to have it. It seems like they wait till much closer. So. Well, I can tell you this, though. Um, now, I have not personally had the meal there, but I know people who have. Um, and just knowing their food quality overall, Gaylord Palms uh, at Thanksgiving – uh, especially over at... Uh, She's on the dining plan. Oh, yeah. Well, Try for Liberty Tree Tavern. If you're looking for that Thanksgiving-y kind of pilgrim-y kind of turkey dressing, stuffing kind of thing, go for um, well, I Liberty mean, Tree but Tavern. But if you want to abandon the dining plan for Thanksgiving dinner... Yeah, tell me dinner, about Gaylord. Uh, the, the Ga- Gaylord Villa Flora. Um, Gaylord, which is a restaurant I absolutely love. I've never had a bad meal there. Uh, it's a buffet experience. But the food being served at the Gaylord is, is out of this world. Mm-hmm. And in fact, for those of people who are local or people who are maybe staying in a home away from home, you can order a Thanksgiving meal in advance to pick up and bring home. Oh, that's and, a good idea. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. So, And from what I've heard, the food is, like I said, I personally have not done it because I, I enjoy cooking too mm-hmm. much. 
But if it's from that restaurant, uh, I can't see it being bad. No. We no. have also had experience, if you're looking for a truly upscale Thanksgiving, this might be one of those places where children, you might want not want to take children who are boisterous. We've had Thanksgiving dinner at the Celebration Hotel in Celebration. This is not an inexpensive proposition. This is not a budget-friendly thing. I believe last year it was $60 per person. Wow. However, it's an extravagant buffet. Okay. And the food was very, very good. It's a more adult or older child atmosphere, though. It's kind of quiet and hushed. and It's elegant. Is it like you just get a plate or is no, it a No, it's buffet? a buffet. Okay. But a very, very fine selection. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Our next voicemail comes to us from Jackie in Ireland, who has questions about what there is for an 18-year-old on the Disney Cruise Line. So here is Jackie. Hi, this is Jackie here. Just wanting to say hello and thanks, everyone, for the great podcast. Really enjoy it every week. I'm GNS on the boards, and I'm from Ireland. Um, my question today would be about the Disney Cruise Line. Um, what is there to do for over 18s on the ship. Um, my son's been in the teen club up until this and he really enjoyed it. So just wondering, will he enjoy the cruise without the clubs? Is there anything for them to do? Um, love the show. Bye. Well, thank you for calling, uh, Jackie. Um, I know we were kind of in this quandary with Max uh, on the cruise, up on the podcast cruise. Max having just turned 18 in September. And we weren't sure. Teresa, what would you say? Um, how, how did he do? He did good. He enjoyed the arcades a lot. Um, he did a lot of smoking and drinking. He did. He did a lot of drinking. Yeah. Um, I think it was all in Walt, or Pete's suite, but I'm not sure. Blame me. <laughs> he got no. into my stash. He, he enjoyed the arcades. He enjoyed just hanging with the adults, which was all new to him. You know, not so actually. He spent a lot of time at the adult pool in that area. Uh, yeah, he did. And just hanging out and... and uh, Actually not having to hang out with his little sisters. <laughs> yeah. That was a big plus. That, having that uh, option. And just, you know, being treated like an adult. Yeah. He enjoyed that part a lot. Yeah, I don't think your son's going to miss... Uh, especially if he's been on the cruise a couple of times and he's been in the teen club. You know, there's that, that elusive area in the back of the ship. You know, in the front of the ship, I should say. Uh, the adults area that I'm imagining he's probably been wanting to spend some time and now he'll be able to. There's also that little sports area I saw where they were playing basketball and stuff. Yep, and I a saw little... a lot of older, um, well, young, young adult men up there playing. So, Yeah, I mean, I think... Do you like sports? Yeah. Plus, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of the stuff that goes on the ship in general. Um, there's something for everybody. I don't care who you are. There's mm-hmm. something for everybody. So, I think he'll have a great time. I know Max had a great time. He did. I've never heard of an 18-year-old being disappointed with the cruise. Just being able to, you know, lay out in the sun and, well, if he's Irish, though, <laughs> have to slather him up with the sunblock and <laughs> keep, keep him from burning to a crisp. Um, but, uh, you know, and hanging out. the beach, out too, going to the adult beach. Yeah. It's got to be fun when you're 18. Because you have your own personal cookout back there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I'll have a good time. Well, thank you for calling in, Jackie. We appreciate it. Our next phone call, our voicemail, comes to us from Chachi. His- <gasps> Joni loves him. 
And he has some questions about an upcoming trip in December. So here's Chachi. Hiya, Pete. Hiya, podcast team. This is Chachi, and I am also known as Chachi on the board. I've got a few questions for you. Hopefully you can help me answer them. I will be going to Disney World in December. Uh, there will be two of us, adults, no children, and we are intentionally deciding to go there the first week of December because I've been told that it's a really, really nice time to be there. The crowds are a bit lower and the weather's quite nice. So I wanted to know what you felt about that, if you agreed or disagreed. And secondly, while we're there, we want to go to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, which is very merry and very fun to say. Uh, but I wanted to know, uh, when we had done the Halloween party, we were able to go earlier than the start time listed, and I wanted to know if that applied to the Christmas party as well, and um, what you thought about that as far as just going in late instead of spending a whole day in the park and then the whole night as well. Uh, and lastly, we do want to spend time in the Bahamas, uh, specifically the Atlantis Resort. So I wanted to know if anyone has been there, what your opinions were. We've heard wonderful things about it. And we did consider doing a land and sea package. However, if that means just an afternoon and then back on board the ship, we would rather just go straight away to the resort and skip the cruise. Um, and if so, how would we get there? Would it be best to fly directly from Orlando or possibly drive or catch a coach somewhere and then a boat to the islands? I'm not quite sure. So if you could help me out with going in early December, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and of course the Bahamas. Thanks again for all that you do. Oh, and one last thing. I really must confess that I've been faking my accent this entire time. I'm so sorry, but I just know how much you guys love the accent. <laughs> maybe I could weasel my way onto the uh, voicemail show. So please don't hold it against me and help me answer my questions and my dilemmas. <laughs> Thanks again for all you do, guys. You are really wonderful. That's great. Well, <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much, Chachi. Uh, that was that was very cute. And in fact, you're accent did get you onto the, <laughs> onto the show um, actually I think your, your voicemail would have made it anyway but uh, to answer your questions I'm going to start with the last part first uh, going to the the Bahamas out to Atlantis uh, yes I've heard magnificent things about uh, the Atlantis uh, out on Paradise Island and uh, my sister and brother-in-law have stayed there uh, a couple of times and have nothing but high praise for it uh, in terms of how to get there, yeah, your best bet is 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 a flight. Um, there may be, I don't think there is any boat service from the mainland, as in like a shuttle, that will take you uh, to the Bahamas. It's too far away. And in terms of taking, you know, doing the cruise, um, I mean, you can technically get off the ship wherever you want and stay wherever you want, but that's an awful lot of money to pay uh, for for that. So yeah, uh, a flight out to uh, flight out to Nassau is your best bet. Um, not Freeport, but a flight into Nassau from uh, from the area. There might be boats from Miami. There no, might- I I doubt it. Seriously, I doubt. That. I, don't, I, I, I there may be, but I've never heard of a shuttle. 
And even if it is, you're still talking about something that's going to take a long time. Right. Um, you know, you'll be there in an hour, hour and a half flying. So my suggestion would be just catch a flight. It's easier um, and far less involved. So that's that. Uh, weather in Dece- early December normally is gorgeous. Um, I think you'll find that it's one of my favorite times of year here. Um, the nights will get can depending. Uh, just cold enough to remind you that it's not August. Uh, never to the point, or very rarely to the point, where you need like a big heavy coat. Although this past December we did have some very chilly nights. It can be anywhere from thirty to ninety. Well, not at night. <laughs> not at night, no. But during the day. Um, so you know, I think you'll find the weather. Uh, there's a reason a lot of dizzers come to Orlando in December, um, and that's one big one. And as far as uh, Mickey's. Uh, very Merry Christmas party. That's something we advise people to do all the time. Don't use a uh, ticket for the day. Don't you? Yeah, don't use a day on your pass. Right. Do something else during the day, and then go there at night. You're going to enjoy the party much better because you're going to be relaxed and not stressed out from being in the park all day. And there's less of a crowd at night because people had to pay to get in, so you're more likely to get on some of the uh, rides. But it's a great party. We would. I would recommend that if you're looking for dinner. That you eat before you go to the party, Absolutely. because a lot of the food service places aren't open right. at, the, uh, at the Halloween party or the Christmas party. There are snacks and fast food, but you won't find most of the restaurants open. So I appreciate you calling in, Chachi. We're actually going to have to wrap this show up early, folks. Uh, storm is moving in as we're recording, and I'm going to have to shut the equipment down. I do apologize. We had actually planned to do an extended email show today, but... Uh, with the weather being what it's been and with lightning and thunder going on around us right now. Yeah, because we're all sitting here wired. Yeah, yeah. I've, got too much, uh, I've got too much equipment here to worry about. So I apologize for that. We will, uh, we will definitely do an extended or try to do an extended email show next week to get some of these caught up. We appreciate your understanding. And that will do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. 